You're listening to the Bankwest Economic Insights Podcast. Welcome to the latest Bankwest Economic Insights Podcast. Today, we're focusing on tomorrow, tomorrow's world, and uh, in particular, the future of work in Australia and what that means for all of us in the workforce. Uh, The Bankwest Curtin Economics Centre has just released its latest report on the future of work in Australia. And we're joined by Bankwest Curtin Economics Centre director and report author, Professor Alan Duncan, to take a deep dive into the report and understand what it means for us and what it means for the economy going forward. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Pleasure. Can we start, first of all, with robots? There's been a lot of discussion in the media of late uh, and public forums regarding the, the, the threat of automation, the threat of robotics and technology potentially replacing workers. What has your research found? What is, uh, to what extent should the workforce at large be concerned around the threat of robotics and automation? Uh, look, you're quite right, and uh, it, it has been the case uh, in in the media, um, leveraging off recent uh, research, which seems to emphasise the threat associated with robotization and automation, um, that we should be in fear of uh, uh, of our jobs. Uh, some of the, uh, the the work that's been cited um, uh, 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 supports up to forty percent of existing roles being eliminated through the process of automation. We are very careful um, to provide a bit more balance, I think, to the debate on automation, and in particular, that figure we regard to be substantially exaggerated. Uh, and indeed, if you look at uh, more recent work published by the OECD, uh, they are citing perhaps fewer than 10% uh, of roles are, are, are exposed. Um, the, the report provides balance because it looks more at the opportunities afforded by automation uh, than, uh, than necessarily these risks. Um, uh, automation is more likely to replace tasks, not necessarily jobs. Uh, and uh, for us, the, I think the most important reflection is is the fact that as automation increasingly gains hold in the uh, in the marketplace and in the workplace, um, uh, that provides an opportunity for um, uh, for uh, human workers to adapt and for employers to support that adaptation of roles. Um, taking away some of the more functional aspects of a job uh, will then create free space and time for more creative thinking, for strategic planning and for interpretation insights you know, rather than the mechanics of a role. Um, and, uh, uh, and hence uh, what we see I think is more um, uh, in, in the area of opportunity than risk. So as we sit here in the Bankwest Cafe and there's plenty of noise uh, going on around us in terms of uh, people uh, preparing food and drinks and people enjoying uh, a break uh, from from the working day, your report suggests that we're not necessarily going to see the, 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 the cafe employees disappear, but the nature of their tasks and what they focus on will change. That's exactly yeah. the, the, the nature of their tasks, the, um, uh, the, um, uh, the technology that assists in, in supporting those, uh, those roles better. There will be uh, no danger, I think, of, uh, of, um, uh, of jobs uh, and occupations, especially those jobs and occupations with, uh, with um, uh, the share of human contact uh, uh, to be replaced. And, uh, and, and so, as I say, the, um, the incumbency is then more on, um, uh, on employers to, to, I think, support um, uh, the, the role of automation and the way that that then invites a transformation. Uh, of roles. Now, we of course have to be um, uh, uh, attuned to the fact that 
some occupations and some jobs may have a substantially higher task content. Uh, and with that, of course, uh, a greater share of their roles, uh, are, you know, therefore, you know, uh, in the frame for, for you know, uh, being, being, being taken by, by, by automation and, uh, and robotics. So, so which roles in which sectors have you identified as perhaps being more precarious than others mm. uh, in, the, in the years to come? So um, the, um, the, the report uh, produces, as part of its research, um, a unique uh, measure of precarious employment. Um, and uh, in, in, in defining precariousness, you know, we're careful to identify a host of, of different factors that contributes to, uh, to people's senses of uh, insecurity. Um, uh, whether or not that relates to people's own fears about um, their employment prospects into the future, their fears of, in general about job security, but also about whether or not they're able to access as many hours that they want in the, in the, in the workplace, whether or not they're working more hours than they'd ideally like in the workplace, um, whether or not they feel compromised in their work-life balance, and also um, entitlements in relation to um, flexible work or irregular hours or um, uh, access to leave entitlements. So, so this is a very unique device that allows us to interrogate which groups are feeling more or less precarious. Uh, the groups that come out most um, uh, strongly uh, 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 as, a, as, a, as a group that are, are feeling you know, perhaps you know, greater insecurity include uh, laborers and especially male laborers. And generally, men, uh, uh, our, our indicator shows that men's precariousness in work is increasing at a faster rate than women. Women's uh, level of precarious uh, employment uh, um, is higher than men, but the gap is closing. Uh, and particularly amongst lower skilled men, particularly amongst the, uh, the labouring workforce and amongst technicians and trades, uh, these are uh, the groups for whom precarious employment does seem to be more on the rise. And uh, uh, of the drivers of precarious employment, it does seem to be that insecurity of work and a sense of, um, uh, of risk of future employment prospects. Um, uh, they, are, they are the main factors that contribute to this, um, uh, uh, this finding. So potentially we're going to need a, a, a shift in the mindsets of organizations, of employers, and also potentially how government supports the workforce to ensure that people don't get left behind. Well, that's right. Uh, again, the um, uh, identifying uh, through this uh, measure of precarious employment uh, uh, certain groups who feel more exposed, I think, then also invites policy response, uh, and responses more generally in terms of uh, programs and initiatives uh, that will allow uh, uh, for a uh, either transformation in, in skills, a change in the way that uh, that, that, that that we work, a, a, a change in the in the uh, the, the composition of uh, of tasks for particular occupations, um, and uh, uh, the capacity to upskill, um, so that you know as um, as circumstances change, as the the labour market changes, and as we change the way that we work. Um, uh, people are supported uh, uh, in, in in making that step to to, um, uh, to a, 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 a new pattern of employment, a new way of working, uh, and uh, and taking advantage also therefore of new opportunities uh, in the labour market. But that upskilling and uh, reskilling sounds like it may be a continual process as opposed to just potentially doing that once or twice in a career as, as many have done in the past. Yeah, it's um, it's a process which I think um, uh, it should continue over the working life course. Uh, it's a process that should be, should be supported 
uh, not just by uh, uh, the sort of government and education and training sectors, but also by industry as well as uh, you know the individuals uh, 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 themselves who are, who are seeking to improve their uh, their capabilities. Uh, and I think one thing that we've seen you know, from one or two uh, case studies and success stories is that where there are partnerships uh, between industry and government in in providing opportunities for retraining, uh, the the those programs are you know, have been demonstrated to be uh, really quite successful. Just uh, finally, uh, your report touches on job satisfaction, and uh, who does uh, rep the report identify as perhaps the happiest workers, and who will be the happiest workers in the future? Um, there are uh, a number of markers of, uh, of, of satisfaction with employment, and uh, 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 the, uh, the degree of satisfaction we can break down according to the, the sector, the industry sector that we work in, and also um, uh, we can look at uh, how satisfaction relates to the way that we work. Um, uh, in general, we find that satisfaction with employment has been on the rise, notwithstanding the increased pressures that we've seen and the increased degree to which certain groups uh, feel precarious in their uh, employment. Um, but in relation to the way that we work, uh, one thing I think that comes through very clearly is um, as individuals are presented with opportunities to embrace more flexible ways of working, uh, whether or not that be in relation to flexible hours or the capacity to work from home for, a, for at least a part of the working week, um, that does tend to, uh, to signal um, uh, 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 or, or be associated with a greater level of satisfaction. When we look at uh, a comparison between average satisfaction amongst those who spend all of the time working in the workplace and those that spend some of the time working from home, systematically um, over time, uh, the, those that have an opportunity to work from home are shown uh, to, uh, to, to be happier. But um, if there is any fear that the, um, uh, the opportunity to work from home um, uh, might compromise productivity, they've been um, really um, uh, scotched by uh, this report. We've found that not only do people feel happier in their jobs uh, uh, with an opportunity to work from home, we also find that productivity and motivation uh, rises as a consequence. So that seems to be a win-win situation both for the employer and for their employers. Uh, Alan, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, we'll be joined next time by our chief economist, Alan Langford, who won't be in his pyjamas working from home. He'll be with us to talk about the forthcoming federal and state budgets, and we'll take a deep dive into exactly what that means for the WA economy and uh, the national economy at large. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Bank West Economic Insights Podcast.